0: remember you know who uh likes donuts maybe just judging by their personality george costanza what did george costanza want to name his daughter seven
1: seven after the number of seconds you're right (laughs) there it is there it is there's your there's your mnemonic device (laughs) (laughs) and a seinfeld reference before any other show reference yeah i think you should leave no simpsons i know (laughs) oh my god all right does that mean we should get going i i think so i think that's our i think that's our in (laughs) all right welcome to no hugging no learning
0: it's a show about one thing watching curb your enthusiasm for the first
1: time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about season three episode nine mary joseph and larry Merry Christmas, first of all, everybody. This was... Yeah. yeah Merry...
0: M- M- Larry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, let's... let's. I want to start right there. I mean, as I was <laughs> watching... You know, when I saw the title of this episode, I was like, Mary, Joseph, and Larry. I was like, that's... D- a I better didn't even title, pick up on... Yeah. The, the, but a better the, the, title would have been Larry Christmas and thing. Joseph, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Larry and Joseph is a funnier... Because no one ever says, Mary, Joseph, and... Like, who is Larry supposed to replace in that he's not replacing anybody? I think Larry and Joseph is a better pun because, I mean, Mary does come into play, as we'll hear. But it's more a, the biggest interaction is between Larry and Joseph and Larry and the Larry Mary rhyming pun is. I don't know. I can't believe they pass it up for, I think, an inferior just making the episode title more clunky. Like Mary and mm-hmm. Joseph and Larry. Like, wait, no, it's not. It's not funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, uh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We know we don't normally deconstruct the title. <laughs> not this early, <laughs> um, that's yeah. for sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should start. Like, all right, how can we make the title better? <laughs> um, but before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, Crazy Eyes Killer? We didn't have any homework, but I did find some interesting stuff from the episode. For instance, Crazy Eyes Killer's rap lyrics that end up terrifying Larry were written by the actor playing Crazy Eyes Killer, Chris Williams. Oh, nice! Yeah, on the day the scene was shot, evidently. So that's kind of a lot to ask of an actor. I feel like you know, you feel like <laughs> when you hear, you know, when Larry's like, "Oh, you're gonna be on Curb Your Enthusiasm," it's go, like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna ge- I'm gonna be in a conversation that I have to improvise." It's like, "All right, now write some rap lyrics." It's like, "What, what?" <laughs> Give, like I can't. I'm just sure improv- they like.
0: they had to give him like some direction, right? Like, okay, just write some. Uh, what you think would be the most like hyper violent yeah. rap lyrics <laughs> that that you could possibly imagine?
1: I suppose on the spot, I could come up with something in about ten minutes. That's about as good as what Crazy Eyes did. I don't think we're supposed to go. Whoa, he's better than Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so of, of course, in in this scenario,
0: Eminem in your eyes is the epitome of of rap artists, right? certainly ultra-violent
1: rap artists and okay and I, and I appreciate his style perhaps I should have uh, you know perhaps I uh, should have picked a, a person of color but um, you know Jay-z you want to fill in Jay-z for that that's maybe my you know my, my number two in that scenario but uh, yeah I guess we're not supposed to go, that's amazing. We're supposed to go, oh, this is... That's this- incredibly violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Larry David said he had not heard the lyrics before shooting the scene, and his initial reactions were the ones used in the episode. So you oh, can nice. kind of see just how genuine they were, you know, when he when he laughs, you know, kind of chuckles at some of the <laughs> lyrics and, and likes the snap, crackle, pop and stuff like that. I, uh, I want to yeah. know if there were any alternates. I want to know if there were any alternate lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I want a full release the Williams... <laughs> cut of that whole song like fully produced on spotify (laughs) um chris williams by the way when i saw that name i was like well let's see what he's done because he he looked kind of familiar and i was amazed at some of the roles that i recognized him from he played one of the average joes in dodgeball oh my god i know (laughs) yeah he did what was his name darren i think dwight 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 yeah and so he's the second average Joe who was the other one just recently that were like oh man there's another one from average Joe's that was we might have to just do dodgeball eventually
0: Oh, hell yeah. Um, I'd be
1: down. I mean, we're looking at 17 names. Jesus for Christ.
0: <laughs> Holy, that would be the most. And that's just Curb, right? That's not including that's Seinfeld. Just,
1: that's just Curb, yeah.
0: That would be the <sighs> most we've ever had. I think the most currently is nine, maybe 10. And that's both Curb and Seinfeld added together. That's and amazing. I don't remember what that was
1: some of these may be like some of them don't have pictures and some of them I may not be able to recognize you know just from there just from the picture that is on uh so because I don't recognize I don't even recognize Chris Williams from his IMDb page he's got like a beard and stuff I'm like Mm -hmm. all right he's a he's a man who just like disappears physically into the role it's like Chris Williams is like the Gary Oldman of comedic actors (laughs) I don't know um so but not only was he uh, Dwight in Dodgeball he's also played uh Hoover Clemens the head of security for hooli in silicon valley did you ever watch that i haven't no it's pretty funny but also unrecognizable i'm like no way <laughs> but then once you i mean he just is a man of a million faces chris williams so kudos now let us consult the book that's all the trivia and tidbits, but here are some other things. In this episode, here's more, here's more about the great Chris Williams. We stan Chris Williams. This is now a Chris Williams stan account. That's, all right. <laughs> that's all, all right. it is. Chris Williams is Vanessa Williams' little brother, the famous actress and singer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh and get this director Robert B. Weedy won an Emmy for this episode. Interesting, considering both of us considered it relatively average. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah.
0: odd. I'm guessing the Emmy nomination Academy just really loved the idea of uh, the, the groundbreaking idea of a white man saying the N word.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were like, Th- that,
0: that's what did it.
1: Emmy's so white. Yeah. Prove also- me wrong.
0: Literally anybody <laughs> prove me wrong because that's what I'm going to go with.
1: I want to see who he was up against. Outstanding directing for a comedy series uh, went to this episode of Curb. He beat an episode of Will and Grace. Larry Charles for the Nanny from Hell, and we loved. Okay, the direction on Nanny from Hell you cannot say was worse than the direction uh, in Crazy Eyes Killer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a not
0: a fan of of that decision.
1: Crazy Eyes Killer only did what Larry Charles did, but it did it worse, and that was the imagining, like Larry's imagination, uh, sort of like the flashback that Larry Charles did for the Nanny from Hell. Uh, Larry imagining uh, Cheryl and wanda having the conversation about him and larry charles did that incredible crane shot slash handoff whatever it was and and during the pool party um, yeah i'm very yeah. upset with the <laughs> 2003 emmy awards now <laughs> um an episode of sex in the city another episode of curb your enthusiasm the special section and another episode this episode was nominated for an emmy curb was nominated for four emmys in one category this season. That's amazing. They were just destined to win. Oh, my gosh. And interestingly enough, you know, Robert B. Weedy directs so many episodes, but all of these are for different directors. David Steinberg, Brian Gordon, Larry Charles, and Robert Weedy. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I, and I got to say, out of all those, I, I got to put the nanny from hell in in the top spot there. It's crazy. <laughs> Side note, I'm looking at the uh,
0: additional Seinfeld uh, credits that have a a, a common credit with dodgeball in addition to the curb ones the only one not included in the curb uh credits is oh let me find it is
1: steven root oh yeah that's right yeah yeah maybe that's who we were talking about back then it, I don't remember uh, it, I mean it had to have been whenever we were talking
0: about Seinfeld yeah um, yeah which would have been my god uh it had been half a year ago at this point eight yeah. nine months ago which I mean time time goes pretty fast
1: you I know, know we're almost well at the end of been. season
0: three of curb your enthusiasm but uh, again that's only been uh 30 weeks so far a little over half a year
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, finally Williams Chris Williams and his friends from college made up the word I don't remember how he says this in the episode, Kundela. Oh, Kundela. That's right. Kundela. Do you remember that? <laughs> he I says do, yeah. yeah, it's what he his his character uses to mean copacetic. Uh, and they made it up one summer on Martha's Vineyard. Ooh. He said, mm-hmm. We were trying to make up a word that people would start using. It's cool that I got to use it twenty years later as an homage to my boys. <laughs> did you ever have you ever made up a slang word that you that maybe your friends still use or that you tried to to get it to catch on uh
0: i i can't say i have i, Just, I don't
1: know oh I'll no you yeah. know
0: you know what i have um I, i'm not the one who made it up but it was kind of uh it, it was kind of our friend group uh it, it came about from talking about really bad independent wrestling companies uh yeah. in, in like the middle of the country in like uh north carolina um it, it came to be there, there's two of them okay and I, I need to explain the difference between them in in saying that something is uh really really shitty, it was a hundred and ten percent tits ass.
1: <laughs> Are you sure that that daddy ass wrestler didn't make that up? I'm I'm positive. <laughs> but
0: in saying that something was good, it was a hundred percent tits. <laughs> I I, I can't remember which was 100 and which was 110 maybe that like varied but the, the, the 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 takeaway is tits ass is bad and tits was good. Yeah. I don't know where – what I er, I mean, I know where it came from, but, like, I don't know why it came from. Does that make sense? I don't know yeah. who originally said it because well, I, I know, like, whenever we were all saying it, we were making fun of the person who originally said it, but <laughs> I don't know who that original person was.
1: Yeah, I love that how, you know, you might start saying something to make fun of somebody and then it just enters the group <laughs> lexicon unironically. Lo-
0: yeah, just was all, all – uh, <laughs> um, uh what's the word? Loses all
1: I think irony uh, might be uh, a good like, you know, we're like, we're irony? saying this ironically. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, and now we're just saying it for real.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of how every every slang word takes off, you know? I I think that's how swag took off in the late two thousands is, is people started saying it like ironically and yeah. and then it just lost all
1: irony. That's how lit took off. Yeah. I there's gotta be a small, like a very small window of <laughs> non-irony and then people go oh God. like for instance let's let like milf i think is a good example of one that people <laughs> heard for the first time and something we will get to american pie and then they're like oh yeah oh gr- oh man that we now we have a term for like mom i'd like to fuck um and then <laughs> People started getting like grossed out by it and going like, "Oh, that's so dumb." It's from American Pie. Like, uh, mil- and then it, it, I don't know. Maybe it's come back around. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it has or not. But I, but, uh, but, yeah. I, or, or it just it doesn't come back around. It just enters the lexicon as a word. It's like it's not cool or uncool. It just is. You know, like we we don't we don't think of it any like cool people don't use it and uncool people don't you know don't use it. It it doesn't. It's it's just lost all on that. Spectrum. It's lost all judgment on that spectrum. Um, but my friends and I, I guess we were always looking for ways to call each other. What's, uh, let me think, uncool. Let's just say uncool. Like when you do something stupid or, you know, you, you just were generally uncool because one of the words was that we'd call each other was chauncey. You're, you know, you're <laughs> such a chauncey. And I think that came from, I think there was like, we were watching a college basketball game and one of the players was chauncey. <laughs> that was his name. And, and so we started right. calling each other that when we did something dumb. And we hope that and then another one, I think, from maybe the same college basketball game was Boddicker. So, you know, (laughs) that was normally combined with like you're being a Chauncey ass Boddicker. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, you could you could you could could combo it, you know, and then (laughs) and then another we started calling each other Averman when we were when we did something, you know, stupid or uncool. And that's that's directly from, do you know,
0: I no, I have no idea. The
1: Mighty Ducks.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One of the
1: characters in the Mighty Ducks is <laughs> named Averman. And so, I don't know. And then I, again, I don't know why or who was the first one to start using all of those, you know, those sl- group slang terms to call each other uncool or or lame or wimpy or whatever we were being at the time. But, yeah, you know, it's like, dude, we're going to Denny's. Let's go. No, nah, I want to go to sleep. Dude, don't be a Chauncey. You're a Chauncey-ass <laughs> bodiker. Get in the car. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, they, they never took off yet. But but maybe one day. So that's where Koundé came from. I like that because I I was confused when I saw it. And I was like, was that cool in the 2000s? And I missed out. Like, why was nobody saying that? (laughs) What were they thinking from the what they were thinking uh, section of the book? Larry David said Chris Williams was amazing. My God. I mean, this is we're all Chris. We're this Williams cast now chris williams was amazing i wonder if he does cons he's got to do comic cons oh he has to right oh my gosh yeah i mean now like forget the soup nazi forget wayne knight i just want to meet chris williams yeah because when you look at his credits and you're like he's done i mean just silicon valley and dodgeball is enough to get nerds to pay 25 bucks to get your autograph or a picture but when you look at everything he's done it's like yeah if he's not on the con circuit He's missing out. If, if he's not on the concert, he's probably making more money acting at this point. But Chris Williams was amazing. Larry David said in the first scene and his and Wanda's engagement party, he took out this piece of paper and told me he wanted my opinion on a new rap song he'd written, which of course I had no idea he was going to do. So I'm hearing this on camera for the first time. How he's going to cut off my dick. Not a bad way to work. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Williams himself says, I'm not like crazy eyes at all. I went to Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, I wanted to be as authentic as i could be as hard as possible i have blue eyes so i put in <laughs> and went unshaven i had a goatee earrings some chains a wife beater baggy pants a do rag with a rough rider's hat and a toothpick <laughs> 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 yeah when they mentioned that you made up that slang word on martha's vineyard i was like okay i think that's, i think we had like a uh you know a pretty nice upbringing it sounds like go went to georgetown vacation with his uh, friends in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, and Jason Sklar, we get what he was thinking, the salesman. I told my parents, who live in St. Louis, to watch the episode. Now, my mom is the kind of woman who will say, why do you need to curse? You don't need to curse to be funny on people. This <laughs> is really clean, so I told her to watch it. And she told all her friends, including my rabbi, who had bar mitzvahed me. Of course, it turns out it's the most graphic episode ever. Something, by the way, Ted and I mentioned. At the end of last week's episode, too, every other word is motherfucking. There's a pubic hair stuck in Larry's throat. I can no longer. <laughs> <talk about that. laughs> man, what a great page! What a great page the book. After after last week, when the book gave zero interesting tidbits, we, it it pays off with Crazy Eyes Killer. So uh, that is all from the book. Uh, you may be seated. I hope everybody climax during that. Like, it was oh just, man, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All right, do we have any, like, news or anything? Uh, No news, but I wanted to shout out something that I just noticed on our uh, Twitter. At No Hugging is where you can follow us. So we were tagged in a response to a question that is in... Oh, I wish... um, You know what? Let me see. I wish I knew what language this was. It's the language they speak in Malaysia. I don't know what uh, language that is, but let me see. Oh, it's, it's Malay. Okay. It's in Malay, and... The translation is serious question: Do Malaysians listen to podcasts? And then the second half is in English. It says, "If you do, what podcast do you listen to, and where?" And shout out to at a z b r o y uh, Arizona Broy. I don't know a z Broy if he's if he's <laughs> speaking Malaysian or, or Malay. Sorry, uh, he might not be from Arizona, but it, but he said uh, in in Malay, favorite saya, which means my favorites at no hugging. Yo, hell yeah, yeah, man. That rules. And uh Friendly Ex Muslim, which sounds like a good podcast. Uh app at, at Abdullah Ahad, Ahadam. I might have uh, butchered that, but um yeah, so thanks for listening even though we're not speaking Malay, but uh that's awesome that we yeah, that's, I always that's when we, so when cool. I, when I see in our on <laughs> our stats like, you know, countries like that listening, I'm like, that's just Like, who is there, you know? And it's always, like, one or two. And, like, now we know one specifically. That's that's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. So I just thought that was really awesome that someone who, you know, is bilingual, at least, at least bilingual, listens to us. So thanks for using, thanks for wasting your knowledge of the English language (laughs) on on us. Oh, my gosh.
0: Okay. So if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 26 minutes being a lot of uh, of bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episodes and assign them to ourselves the week following, as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before uh, in the last twenty years. Um, if we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at no hugging on Twitter or. No hugging, no learning. Show at gmail.com. Both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts and or uh, whichever one. Maybe you use both. Um, a five-star rating on Spotify. They really do help. It really does help us uh, find new listeners. Maybe they're in Malaysia. Maybe they're not. Yeah. If you like us a little bit more, you can join us over on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where now Patreon just rolled out something that I've been hoping they were going to roll out for a long, long time. It's subscription billing. So now, no matter when you join the Patreon, because before, what would happen is you join the Patreon any day of the month like could be from the 1st to the 30th, you pay whenever you sign up and then you pay again on the 1st and then it's the 1st every month that Uh. that you're billed. Now, you pay when you sign up And then it's not until another 30 days that you pay. So you're not going to pay on the 28th and also on the 1st. You're not going to pay on the 20th and also on the 1st. You're going to pay on the fucking 14th and then the 14th and then the 14th and then the 14th.
1: (laughs) Nice. It's not moving into a new apartment price structure. It's actual.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. No, it's set up like an actual fucking subscription service <laughs> like literally everything else is so if you've been if you've been leery about joining the patreon for for that exact reason i do not i do not doubt it because uh, i have hated that since we've joined patreon but now even if you want to join maybe maybe a month maybe two maybe it's not for you Totally fine, because it's five bucks a month. I I urge you to to check it out, because it's not going to be for everybody. You know, it's going to be for for the hardcores of the hardcores. That's totally fine. But five bucks a month over at patreon.com slash nohugging gets you early access to every single episode, gets you clipped content from most every episode, anywhere from maybe two minutes to 25 minutes uh, of clipped content out of our episodes. And it's also going to get you anywhere from uh, one to two exclusive movie reviews. Every single month, recent ones include our beginning, our 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 pilot of exploration of the American sex comedy, where we talked about road trip. We did uh, killer clowns from outer space to uh, ready ourselves for spooky season. And by the time you are listening to this, we had just listened to, recorded, and released our review of Hocus Pocus 2.
1: It's coming. Oh my! The, or here, if you're hearing this, yeah.
0: Yeah, ho- hocus pocus sequel locus. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, by the time you are listening to this, that's up. It's up over on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/nohugging. Again, Patreon.com/slash/nohugging. Uh, you can join some some awesome people quite like. Hang on, I got the list here. Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad and mom, Uh, Will Hall, uh, Danica Ligorio, excuse me, Uh, Nick Kudla, Don Queso, Nate Collins, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you all so much. All that being said, season three, episode nine Mary, Joseph, and Larry. Original air date November 10th, 2002. And if you were looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry proves to be an incompetent Christmas tipper and a lousy liar.
1: I knew I was going to hate it. Uh, Last week, we knew it was (laughs) bad already, so we'll see what we can do. Uh, at the end i think we're going to be able to make it better and yeah perfect just like halloween just like uh, a Hall- uh well the semi-halloween episode i guess it really wasn't the the corpse sniffing dog but this is definitely a christmas episode appearing in november early earlier in november <laughs> um, <laughs> and we open with larry at the doctor's office and he is still hacking on that old pubic hair so some continuity in Kirby your enthusiasm like continuity that we never really got yeah um, yeah um Heretofore in this series, but also in Seinfeld too, you know the the episodes are very uh, insular and and they can be sort of watched uh, in a in a capsule. But but this one, like it ha- it's now been two episodes, right? Um, no, actually, just one episode. Yeah, so he he got it stuck there in the last episode, but it's still there in this episode. Yeah, yeah. you know the doctor says that he heard Larry was at the U two concert. And Larry could not be more embarrassed about being seen or people knowing that he went to a U2 concert. (laughs) I did not understand his reluctance in, because some of it is about, oh, I don't want people knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. Like 75% of it seems like, you know. He's embarrassed. He's embarrassed that he went to see U2. Like one of the biggest rock bands on earth. Like I don't even like U2 and I would go to a U2 concert if. I, you know, especially if I was going to get the Larry David experience, I'm sure he had, um, you know, amazing seats, whatever. He's like, oh, my wife dragged me. I don't even I don't even listen to that. Like, what do you listen to if you don't listen to U2? They're some of the coolest dudes on the planet. Like, and, and again, I'm not saying this as a fan. I'm like, especially in 2002, like, U2 was still cool. I yeah. don't understand why Larry David's like, tell me what you think would be a cool concert to be caught yeah. at. Like, l- l- yeah, l- listening,
0: uh, l- listening to uh Two thousand and U two was definitely cool. He said it was two thousand and Look, look, I got a lot of U forced two thousands coming up.
1: Uh, I just could not understand the storyline when he was like, people were like, oh, cool, you went to see U two, like, you, like, yeah, the you know, it was at it was at the Staples Center. There was uh, you know, sixty thousand people there. They're one of the biggest bands on the planet. Of course, I was there, <laughs> but no, he's like, oh, my wife dragged me. I don't listen to U two. Like, what do you? Everyone likes you too. Like, and this is, and like, again, I don't like you too, and I like you too. Uh, I just found it so weird. Uh, but th- wh- the way the doctor found out was the housekeeper told the receptionist. The receptionist called Larry's house to let him know about the appointment, to remind him about the appointment, and the housekeeper said he was at U2. And Larry makes sure to tell the doctor, don't tell anyone that I was at U2. Even though it was like the hottest ticket in Los Angeles, I'm sure, don't tell anyone. That Larry David was cool enough to be there. My wife dragged me to U two. I mean, I just, I just don't get that. Like, make it someone who is like cringeworthy. You know, I, I can't think of anyone else. Like Nickelback. All right, like, like. I mean, six... even Nickelback in two thousand and two. You know, was big. But they... I don't even think they were cringe yet. I think they had detractors. I think even into like that's a band who who like was born with detractors. I think maybe not. Maybe I'm I maybe mean, I'm misremembering it. Maybe everyone thought I don't know. they were S- good. Say, at say some like point. you went
0: to see Bush
1: or something. You went to see Counting Crows. But I think like in 2000 I saw. Oh no! It was, was pre 2003. So around this era, I saw Bush. In a full amphitheater. In a full uh stadium where my you okay. know uh
0: yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just going off the the Buzz Ballads track list yeah. here. Say you went to see stained.
1: Yeah, that might be that might be a good one. But even they might be <laughs> like too, you know, too under the radar to be Okay. Uh what about the gin blossoms? Yeah, maybe like they're not gonna they're they're not they're not as I'm trying to think of someone as big as you two now. Like mm. the gin blossoms could never fill a stadium in in Los Angeles, wherever they might have seen them. But okay. like, I feel like Nickelback uh. could. That's why I picked them as like a modern day equivalent. Like, even if you want to mm. pick a modern day equivalent of like like Taylor Swift, okay, perfect example. If someone like Larry David was going to Taylor Swift, that's not very cool. Like, dudes, Larry dudes who look like Larry David love you too. Dudes who look like Larry <laughs> David only go to you two if their wife drags them or their daughter drags them. So if he you was like, Taylor Swift for the last one, what did I, what did I say? You said you two again. You two, okay. Yeah, th- you, I mean, You Taylor said Swift. You said you too, too. Yeah, I said you two again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I said you you as well. Um, <laughs> you, but I went with that Taylor Swift. And so that would be cool because Taylor Swift is A, super cool and can fill a stadium. And B, Larry David would be embarrassed about going. Pick someone like that. That's such a yeah. better example. Because yeah, she's absolutely. the biggest, coolest star on the planet. And Larry David would be embarrassed about going to the show. Now, pick the, what the 2000s equivalent of that would be. I don't know. But but that's a better example than you two because you know it, it's just it doesn't make any sense that someone like Larry David Larry David was like you know coming up when you two was coming up like they're the same age it just doesn't make sense <laughs> um, so yeah and thus ends my treatise on why this storyline confused me I hope I hope it doesn't because <laughs> it keeps coming up I hope I don't go off as much but I was up very upset <laughs> as you can hear Tim uh, that you, he was so like you too. do you like you two Ed I don't You're... even like you two. <laughs> and i feel the need to defend them <laughs> um okay let me see where the hell was i i'm only on my second line of notes by the way <laughs> Um, well,
0: we, we are at minute 37, so oh. it's going it's going uh, all according to plan so far.
1: <laughs> Here's the other thing Larry's embarrassed about that I promise I won't go off as much about. He's also super embarrassed that he goes down on his wife as well, that he's also embarrassed about that. Because <laughs> when, when he says there's a pubic hair caught in his throat, you know, he's like, I, I don't even do it that much. Like, I, 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 it's not something, you know, he's like, oh, and then the doctor's like, you know, and, and maybe say, he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to do that again anytime soon. Like, real uh, cool, Larry.
0: And I yeah. guess maybe
1: that's from like the, you know, because there's a big storyline in The Sopranos about how doing that makes you less of a man. So maybe he's from that school of thought. You I mean know, he did
0: just do a mobster movie.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what, yeah. Maybe he maybe some of that rubbed off on him. Maybe, some of that toxic maybe, masculinity.
0: Yeah, maybe he he uh bonded with uh one of the uh <laughs> the, the the scene coaches telling him how to be how to be tough and and how to be manly and how to not uh uh go down on your wife.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like so basically you understand how to act tough, like threaten violence and stuff like that. Also, <laughs> This isn't going to come oh. up, but you should have the energy of a guy who doesn't go down on his wife. Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you sh- you sh- th- 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 this is how you shoot a gun, and this is how you talk, and this is how you don't eat your wife's pussy.
1: Yeah, this is how you imply that you don't engage in linguist <laughs> with your spouse. Um, yeah, so he's also super wants the doctor to know he's never going to do that again. Uh, we don't do it that much, and I'm not going to do it for a while. <laughs> And the doctor, he says, like, you know, I could go in there and get it out, but it's going to be very painful. Or you could just keep drinking fluids and it'll work itself out in a few days.
0: Yeah. What is, what, what do you think he means by, like, I can go in there and it's going to be
1: very painful? What, what, what do you think he's, like, thinking of doing? I guess maybe there's, like, a metal hook or something that would have scraped. You know, he would have had to, like, get a knot out with some sort of tool and it's attached to maybe the little, uh, the uvula the, or the, the
0: little dangly thing in the back yeah. of your throat.
1: And so maybe that, you know, scraping that with anything is going to be, is mm. going to be painful. You're so you're going to
0: throw yeah. up, you know, you, you touch that with yeah. anything, you're going to throw up.
1: That's another, that that's not fun either. I mean, it's not necessarily no. painful, but, but yeah, so I think that's probably, cause I was saying that too. I was like, maybe they just wrote that for the episode. Like, cause so, uh, so Larry obviously chooses keeping it in so we can keep hacking throughout the episode, but, Um, But now that we've unpacked it a little bit, I think, you know, I think we've stumbled upon that it would be pretty painful to go in there. So Larry obviously picks just letting it work itself out. Uh, At home, Cheryl's parents are coming for Christmas, and so Cheryl wants to go get a Christmas tree, but Larry is anti-tree. As a a Jewish person, he does not want a Christmas tree in his house. Uh, He also has to go give out the Christmas tips a little bit later to everybody. And he starts with their housekeeper, Dora, who at first he tells – Her not to tell anybody, don't tell anybody who calls where he is because he doesn't want people to know uh, that he rocks out sometimes. That was one thing the doctor said at the end of the appointment that I liked where he's like, rock and roll or something like that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Larry uh, tips Dora out of a very visible wad of cash.
1: Yeah, another wad of cash.
0: I, I don't know if uh, Larry had done this before or if I'm thinking of someone else that tips out of a giant wad of cash and just counts like one or two bills out of a stack of 100.
1: He did bribe the uh, gravedigger with a giant wad That's of right. cash and That's only right. took out, yeah, a couple bills from it. <laughs> yeah. So just let, you know, you got to let the help know that you could give them more, but you're not. But what they are giving you is gracious, you know, and they should be grateful for it. Um, and then he goes outside and he tips his gardener, Carlos, and we get a revisit, Larry repurposing some old stand-up that we know uh, because Carlos says, you know, to him something about, like, thanking him, and he uses Usted, and Larry says, you know what? You can use the two form with me. You know, let's keep it informal. And Carlos is very grateful to be able to use the, the informal two with Larry instead of Usted. Uh, so we know that's something from uh, Larry's stand-up from having seen that uh, over at Jeff's by my count and I've lost count. So I'm going to say fifth or sixth office. This is the <laughs> fifth or sixth Jeff office location establishing shot that we have seen. Does does
0: this just become a, a
1: joke in itself? Like, I think it, it might be. Yeah. It's just
0: the end of season three and he's had, <laughs> almost uh almost double as many seasons as he has offices
1: he changes offices twice a season
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he's had uh twice he's had double as many offices as there have been seasons is what i'm trying to say
1: yeah i i think so and maybe it's not even supposed to be an obvious runner maybe it's just a production joke where they're like all right let's show another (laughs) exterior for jeff's office no one's noticing they just
0: found like a single building with like 20 different floor plans for uh, <laughs> leasable offices, and they shot B-roll in... Or not B-roll, but they shot scenes in every single one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I can't <laughs> even guarantee that the interior is different. La- Jeff might set up his office to look exactly the same in in all these different buildings, too. <laughs> He's like, nope, got to move again, but set it up exactly like this. I want it exactly like this. Uh, Jeff, by the way, also heard that Larry was at U2 because he called the... Housekeeper as well, I believe. And Larry once again says, my wife dragged me. But but Larry tries to get some U2 cred with Jeff. Because Jeff's like, you don't like U2. And Larry's like, I like him. So it's weird that he's been so embarrassed and all my wife dragged me. But now he tries to, like defend his fans, you know, his fandom of U2. But I loved, so I, I did love yeah, this back it's... and forth. Because he's like, he's like, what's the lead singer's name? And he's like, I I know the lead singer, of course. He's like, he spells it B-O-N-O. <laughs> I, I, I did like uh, Jeff saying, "No, you gotta
0: pronounce it. Gotta pronounce it, or it doesn't count."
1: <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know whether it's like Sonny Bono or Bono." And Jeff's like, "It's Bono, but I, but because you couldn't pronounce it, and it's a push. I don't know you anything. You don't know me anything because they bet on it."
0: <laughs> yeah, B O N O. Larry uh, defending himself from ever going and seeing a band like you two in concert, but also <laughs> trying to get some cred by knowing the lead singer. It's almost like it's a very
1: lazy, forced
0: plot point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's like maybe Larry is just a hipster about it. He's like, oh, I saw you two at the whiskey, which with like 100 people before they were anybody. (laughs) So I don't even like them now that they've sold out. My wife dragged me. I liked
0: their original (laughs) lead
1: singer, Bono. Bono. (laughs) Sonny Bono when he was with them. Yeah, Um, yeah, maybe that's what it, maybe I've got Larry all wrong and he's a huge, he was like the biggest hipster fan and he's like, my wife dragged me. I don't even like them anymore since they sold out. Uh, But, you know, I had to go Their you know, their first album was the best before they got signed. Um, (laughs) Not a lot of people have that. But so Jeff, by the way, has to let Larry in on something because when Susie was, I think, did he say out of town or just? I think uh, think
0: out of town. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jeff made a phone call at 2 a.m. to a platonic but female friend, a female but platonic friend, however you want to phrase that. And he told Susie that because she found the phone bill and he told Susie that Larry had a fight with Cheryl and so slept over. And he was the one who made the call at 2 a.m. And Larry's like, why can't you just say it was you? It was a you say it's platonic, and and Jeff's like, now 10 p.m. is the cutoff for platonic friends <laughs> for phone calls, <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious because it's kind of a callback to the whole phone call rules and when you can call, which they've revisited a couple times. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, they have.
1: Like Larry calling with, he's like, you can call with good news. You can call after 10 with good news, <laughs> but so you know, 10 p.m. is a cutoff for platonic female friends, and so Susie comes in and she's and. Larry nonchalantly brings up uh, that oh what do I owe you for that phone call you know which is funny because it was probably local but it's but he's making it sound long distance and Jeff's like oh don't worry and Susan's like okay who who are you calling at two a.m. and so here's <laughs> a lie that Larry makes up he was calling their housekeeper Dora because they because Cheryl was going to fire her or she was going to leave because she wasn't getting along with Cheryl and folding things wrong and Cheryl didn't like her. And so she was going to quit, but Larry had to call her in the middle of the night to get her not to quit the next day. And Susie is suspicious. She knows someone is lying, and she doesn't know who. And this is another great callback, too, because Susie has done this to maybe, I don't remember whether it was Jeff and Richard or Jeff and, I'm, I'm sorry, Richard and Larry or Larry and Jeff. But they answer in unison, where she's like, you guys are lying. I'm like, we're not. He's like, yeah, you are. Like, no, we're not. Like a chorus together, and I love that. That's um, one of my favorite things that they've revisited now. Um, but, but Susie is suspicious of both of them still. Over at the club, which I guess is some kind of country club, I guess where they play golf. We've seen them do that a couple times. Uh, Larry is, uh, you know, Larry and Jeff are handing out tips to everybody. And man, talk about something that rich people do that I didn't know about.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering like why they felt the need to to tip everyone in this club we've seen them at like three times
1: yeah in at the same time like what if the waiter what if a waiter called out that like i doubt they have every waiter on staff every single day
0: yeah tim can you name like just a single restaurant that you've gone maybe three (laughs) times in the last i don't know year possibly yeah
1: i I okay probably yeah
0: okay would you go and tip every single waiter at that restaurant
1: no no i wouldn't okay
0: I, i mean like They're getting ready to open their own restaurant. Why would they not go and tip the staff that's working (laughs) to open their own fucking restaurant?
1: That's a great point. Why do it
0: at this club? This is is, so dumb.
1: I think this is country club culture that, uh, you know, that plebs like us just don't understand. I guess. I guess. But Jesus Christ. I think the more efficient way to do it would be there's got to be a head waiter or a manager or something and say, Here's $500. Can you please distribute it against amongst all of the weight staff? Because I could do it myself today, but I'm sure you have weight staff that is not here today. Yeah. And why should they miss out on on this holiday bonus that I'm giving out? <laughs> um, but you know, because like I said, I doubt this club has every waiter working every single day. But this is the you know, if you missed out, I guess you better hope a rich person tips the day you're working because you missed yeah. two great tips. Yeah, you better hope that uh, the creator of Friends comes in. <laughs> yeah. Either Bright, Kaufman, or Crane, either one, any one of them. But one, I, did you notice Larry and the obvious prop money that he handed one yeah. waiter? I think the waiter <laughs> who said thank you, the one that he thinks he tips twice, uh, because he opens up, the, he gives him like a flap of money, and on one side it's printed. On the inside it's blank, though. So you can totally oh see God. that. Yeah. It's interesting because movie money has already come into play in a plot, but now that we notice it, it's not, you know, it's not supposed to be movie money. It's supposed to be real. Larry does think that he tipped one guy twice. He, he was going around the room just walking in circles, and, and he thinks one guy accepted two tips from Larry, and the waiter says that when he goes to confront him, he's like, you know, I, uh, I, I think I tipped you twice, and the waiter's like, no, I, you, you only tipped me once, but Larry is pretty sure <laughs> that the that servant is lying to him and uh, so Larry is very suspicious, and we get—I think—the first of what's going to be a series-long runner. Now the Larry stare-down, uh, the Larry are you, the Larry great. human lie detector stare-down. You didn't like this? Great,
0: it happened three <laughs> times in this episode.
1: They went back to the if, well a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. If it was—I don't know—maybe, maybe once. If if it was funny the first time, and then we got it two more times. I, I don't think I would have hated it as much, but <laughs> my God, it, it's, I, it, it's not it like it even funnier. happened after Larry said anything. It was just like, okay, the conversation naturally ends and stare for five seconds <laughs> and, and back to the person he's staring at and back to Larry. It just seemed forced and formulaic. I guess because I know it's It's almost funny... like you, you're watching one episode of a series that, you, that has been on for a while and and then a character comes in and opens up their mouth, and the first thing they says say is a catchphrase, and you're like, "Is is is that their catchphrase? It, <laughs> it's guess. almost like a, a thing that should have been established al- already, but I, I guess this is the the establishment. Of this it. is
1: the establishment. I wonder if you'll enjoy it as it because I think it gets funnier. I think it gets more animated, I hope so. <laughs> and I think it really digs in and starts making a meal out of the suspicious the human lie detector stare down and because i think the the other person like their reaction is funny to someone just like trying to read their face in the way that larry is and it's like what why are you why are you close to me and staring like that you know this guy has a, a good reaction but i forget i think carlos has a very funny reaction in a later scene but yeah if you don't like this now I guess buckle in and and hopefully it gets (laughs) funny.
0: Buckle in. You're about to get nine more
1: seasons of this. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to happen quite a bit. Uh, So I was excited to see it being a fan of the show, but we'll (laughs) see. We'll see if it grows on you. Back at home, there is a giant Christmas tree. I actually laughed out loud when, you know, Larry's like, this is. I, the line I laughed out loud I was like this is the biggest thing I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> I just I just liked that uh, blanket statement like not this is the biggest tree I've ever seen this is the biggest thing I've ever seen um, it was so underplayed I, and but I and, and it kind of caught me off guard and I cracked up at it but yeah. but as and always t- Larry's parents are aggressively and I think maliciously unaware about I think they like I think they obviously overplay their Christianness when Larry is around because He's like, this is the biggest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah, no, isn't it great? Like, that's the way they respond to Larry, you know, to to Larry reacting to their aggressive Christianity. (laughs) But yeah, once again, we get the great Paul Dooley and I forget Cheryl's mom's actress's name, but um, yeah, isn't it great? And Larry is, this I laughed at too, because Larry starts hacking again and then he stares at Cheryl's dad, obviously the person you don't want to tell what is actually in your throat. And so Larry goes, uh, grape stem. <laughs> 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 in the kitchen, Cheryl and Becky revisited from... Uh, what's her name? Kristen... Caitlin, Caitlin Ra- Olson, Caitlin Olson. There you go. Thank you. Yes, once again, Caitlin Olsen uh, reprising her role as Becky. And uh, they are baking in the kitchen. And Larry doesn't want to wear a scarf that Dora gave him because it's too itchy. And also, Cheryl heard that Larry yelled at her for telling people where he was and also tipped Carlos double what she got and to make it up to Dora instead of giving her money. uh, They think it might be nice to take Dora to lunch at the country club. And uh, I I don't
0: know the, I don't know the vibe that you got from this. I'm getting, because Cheryl is saying that uh, Carlos told Dora that Larry uh, tipped him double And because Larry was just counting it out of his wad of money, he accidentally tipped Carlos twice when he thought he tipped the waiter twice.
1: Yes, that's exactly when he was looking at his money and wondering, yeah, like, I know, I think I had. No, that's exactly. I don't think that was driven home enough, but I'm glad you brought it up because also I was like, that's why he. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that's just implied, but they didn't they didn't take the audience all the way. Yeah, Um, because Larry should have gone. Oh, my gosh, but he can't do that yet because we have to have another scene with the waiter, another awkward scene with the waiter. Um, but this is where Larry should have been. Oh my gosh, I falsely accused a guy, but um, you know, he probably doesn't care that much because he's a sociopath. So that's also, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's someone beneath him that he's accused. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah potentially wrongly accused. So it doesn't matter. Uh, but I just think it's funny, that, like, you know, Dora would probably prefer the money for the lunch rather than a lunch at the country club outside. Carlos says he didn't tell Dora About getting tipped double, and we get another stare down, another suspicious (laughs) stare down. (laughs) But like I said, I think Carlos has a funny reaction to it at the club. Larry is wearing the itchy, itchy scarf that Dora pointed out to Cheryl that she never sees him wear, and he is trying to make conversation with Dora, and basically by complimenting her housekeeping and mentioning what he likes about. You know, she always replaces the soy milk uh, before <laughs> they need a new carton, and the toilet paper is always replaced. Uh, yeah, he says uh,
0: you, you're never you're never sitting on the toilet and looking at cardboard. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm never running down the hall with my pants down. <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> um, and the waiter comes over, the waiter that Larry thinks he double tipped, and he speaks Spanish to Dora. Now I held up my device, my tablet, uh, and and used the microphone. Uh, translate on google Mm -hmm. translate to try to see what he was saying and all i could get was that you know they have a conversation about what dora does she says i work uh, in the house and she also says they don't pay me much and then the waiter said Mm. and then the waiter said well if he gives you something and then the word that he um, emphasizes google translate would not translate Uh, yeah dang okay i know uh, which I, I wish it would. So any Spanish speakers, you know, we know we have... If he was speaking Malay, we'd be covered. Yeah, uh, thank absolutely. Thank but but we, there, <laughs> surely there must be Spanish speakers out there that can let us know what was said in this conversation. I'd love to know. But Larry asks, you know, what was that about? And Dora says, Christmas. And then we get a <laughs> stare down. Larry stares her down. <laughs> and it's at that point that the Greens show up. Uh, Jeff and Susie and Sammy and... Susie, when she sees Larry with Dora, apologizes profusely for ever thinking that Jeff and Larry could be capable of lying about something like the phone call because there's Dora. And it's weird that Susie capitulated immediately just seeing that Dora exists. I would think Susie yeah. you'd, you would use this opportunity for some cross-examination immediately. Yeah. Like, did he call you at 2 a.m.? Like, why is Susie so nice all of a sudden?
0: I, I, weird.
1: Have, I have no idea. And larry is distracted by a friend and it's at that point though that Susie does inadvertently find out that there was lying going on because she was like you know i don't i don't know why cheryl doesn't like you i think you know you seem really nice and and so (laughs) um you know she does kind of blow up larry and jeff's spot in inadvertently but i feel like she could have really done it on purpose but larry and jeff are like can you believe the luck that Susie sees you with your housekeeper that you mentioned at the club, like we're, you know, now we're gold. Now <laughs> our story is airtight. Yeah. Um, except yeah. that Susie's been talking while they've been distracted. Uh, I, I want to point out before we leave this scene
0: uh, how good the makeup was because they made it look like Larry had a rash on the back of his neck from the scarf did you catch this no
1: i didn't notice that
0: yeah yeah his his the back of his neck is like all red and like and bumpy and he, he definitely like like fiddles with the scarf like at least once and th- that's when i noticed it i'm like oh my god unless that's they the just you know like scratch the back of his neck with some steel wool prior to filming which is yeah possible
1: Or they did so many takes that he ended up scratching himself red. (laughs) But still, the fact that it popped up on camera and it makes sense is is attention to detail. That's pretty good. Back at home, the gang, uh, Cheryl's family is singing Christmas carols and playing the piano at the top of their lungs while Larry is trying to relax and maybe even go to sleep in bed upstairs. And Cheryl tells Larry that Dora quit because of what Susie said, that Cheryl didn't like him. And Cheryl's like... What? I don't know what you're talking about. She was like, she mentioned that we had a fight and you slept over. And I said that you and Jeff were full of shit.
0: Yeah, I, I lo- Cheryl just, like, systematically unravels Larry and Jeff's whole story. But I did love Larry, like, <laughs> slowly, like, go walking over and opening the fridge. But in doing all of that, it's just an elongated
1: ah uh, shit <laughs> yeah. it's like there's nothing i can do at this point no, i might, as well, no. just get might as well
0: might as well just uh just uh, just take it you know
1: yeah because um, <laughs> you know like well a he lost a housekeeper but jeff is is really in for it now he knows like and his wife blew up the great airtight story that they had they had uh, put together so he does enjoy a late night snack of cookies and milk Maybe the last carton of soy milk because it's not going to be replaced now. You know, oh, that's now true. the door is, is gone. True. Yeah. The next morning, Larry is a- awakened by Cheryl yelling for him. And everyone is pissed as he looks over the banister downstairs uh, because he ate the cookies last night. And the cookies were in an- a manger scene made out of cookies. He ate the baby Jesus. And he's like, I thought it was a- I thought they were animals. And that just makes the Christian super <laughs> upset. You thought the baby Jesus was an animal? Um, and she's like, it, "You didn't notice that it was a manger scene, and the coconut was like the hay." And he's like, "I thought it was part of the zoo. I thought that was all. I was all part of the zoo. I thought. I thought maybe Jesus was a monkey." Like, like, look,
0: I, I know obviously there are differences uh, between Judaism and Christianity. There's obviously differences between Hanukkah and Christmas. But how fucking obtuse does a person have to be, like, to to not understand the most? base level <laughs> concepts of christmas is that is that a, a, a right argument to have do you think
1: well i wonder because could a jewish I, I person guess, say yeah. how obtuse do you have to be to not even get well you know what i you know like we both know what a menorah that, is for instance is that yeah. equivalent to we, knowing what a nativity we, scene we, is
0: we know we know what a menorah is we know what dreidels are we know who yeah. moses was
1: yeah and also like take the like the spiritual nature out of it it probably looked like a diorama of some sort. Like you could yeah. tell it was a setup. Like it wasn't like here's a tray of cookies that are just like arranged or even just thrown <laughs> on a, a tray, a plate. Like you could have you should have seen like, oh, this this cookie is in some sort of, of bassinet. This cookie is standing next to the bassinet. Like these are set in a way that it's a it's it's a yeah, these, setup. Are, these
0: are these are organized to to specifically look <laughs> like something.
1: Yeah. Like, this is a, a a scene of some sort. <laughs> like, you don't have to know it's a nativity scene. Just know it's a scene. And even if it was a zoo, leave up the zoo. Yeah. Like, they wanted yeah. a zoo display. <laughs> they, they
0: wanted a Christmas zoo for Christmas, Christmas Day. Zoo.
1: By the way, Flaming Lips, Christmas at the Zoo. Great song. Great song for <laughs> this time of year, I guess. Whatever. Whenever you're listening to it. But he's, he, you know, Larry's like, I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to make I, it up I, to you.
0: I, I got to say, I loved the line that Becky, because uh, Larry says like he's, he's going to make it up to them. Becky comes in and says, L- Larry, how are you going to make it up to us? You just swallowed our Lord and Savior. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and if Larry knew enough about Christianity, he could say, all right, so I'll call it communion and go back to sleep uh, because depending on what sect of Christianity you're into, the body and the blood, that's what, uh, you know, that's what they got going there. Communion, in case you didn't know. Um So he drives, so Larry goes on a, a, it's Christmas. Today is Christmas Day, though. And so that's what they want to know. How are you going to make it up to us? Not only did you eat our Lord and Savior, it's Christmas. And he drives by Jeff's place, and Jeff is getting kicked out on Christmas by Susie, who now realizes that he lied. And yeah, and I guess like 12 hours later decided to throw him out. Yeah. Uh, Because Cheryl definitely told Susie (laughs) much earlier uh, about this and so she, now but he, now she, yeah
0: she definitely like held it together for sammy until i'm assuming sammy went off to one of uh, jeff or Susie's parents
1: yeah maybe but i'm like getting kicked out <laughs> on christmas like christmas morning or maybe christmas <laughs> yeah because larry was getting out of bed he was wakened up he was woken yeah. up so yeah. it's christmas morning so i hope sammy's opened all her presents without because now her dad's not gonna <laughs> be there again now that not that sammy cares we know and so larry sees a living nativity in front of a church and he calls Joseph over, a.k.a. David Koechner. Yes. Whoa.
0: Yeah. This opens us up to uh, potentially doing Anchorman as a, yes. as a Patreon
1: exclusive now. We're in Anchorman territory. <laughs> and Anchorman 2. We'll have to do it. <laughs> um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess.
1: <laughs> Which I, I think I've seen. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I did sit through that. It's definitely not I was, as good.
0: Yeah, I was definitely more hyped for it than I than I uh, should have been.
1: Yeah, but I'm gonna. I like figuring out where these actors were in the year 2000. And Keckner might have already been in some stuff by this point, but we'll have to see. Um, I'm gonna write that down for homework. But uh, Joseph is David Keckner, and Larry works out a deal. He want. He was like, "How do you rent one of these?" And he was like, "Oh, well, we're we are with the church. We're doing this out of the. You know, you don't really."
0: Yeah, we're, we're, we're volunteering um, for, yeah. <laughs> for, for for the church.
1: You don't really, do... uh,
0: you don't, you don't really pay us to pop up somewhere.
1: They do work out a deal though. Um, uh, five hundred dollars, a don a five hundred dollar donation to the church and a meal. He was like, because we can come on our on our lunch break or on our, uh... yeah. That just goes to show you again how early it is. They had a lunch break coming up that they're going to now take this gig on five hundred dollars and a meal. And so Larry, you know, uh, we'll give them directions and they'll show up and this will make it up to a living nativity we'll make it up to Cheryl's parents uh back at home the nativity arrives to set up and did you think here's the way I thought Larry was going to screw it up he's very deliberately and obviously shown smoking a cigar and also a shit ton of hay is being put down and I was like (laughs) oh he's gonna light the nativity on fire how hilarious would that be and then the parents show up and he's he's lit now their symbol of this season on fire but that is not what happens Maybe Tim, it'd be better. That I is don't
0: know. that is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I because to be, uh, how, yeah. how, how often do we see Larry smoking a cigar? Never I don't think at all. We haven't yeah. prior to this. It, it's yeah. it's too perfect, and they didn't go with it.
1: I know it's so deliberately shown. I was like, "Here we go!" When he walks out with it, uh, but no, that's not what happens.
0: Even whenever like, they're like down in the hay, rolling around, skipping head a, a couple of minutes, but like. The the, cig, the, cig, the cigar definitely could have caught the hay on fire. Everyone's scrambling around. Then then the family looks on then frolic, you know?
1: I, I thought there was still a chance myself. Yeah. Um, Man. Maybe we'll find out that they did it, but it just didn't work on camera or something. I don't know. But Larry compliments Mary's body before they even get started. Uh, and Joseph takes offense <laughs> at that. And Larry g- ends up getting in a fight with Joseph. It turns physical. And they are rolling around in the hay. But in the fracas, the pubic hair is dislodged from Larry's throat. And it's out. But as he remarks about that, he looks up and notices that Cheryl and her family have been watching, I guess, for quite some time. And frolic starts up. And that is the end of the episode.
0: Definitely, um not the best ending you you could have had even given everything in this scene you could have had so like a much better ending but yeah i don't know they just kind of limped their way to to the credits
1: yeah it did it was a, a little bit of um it, it, a <laughs> bit of a deflating ending rather than an exciting one i mean we didn't it it, it isn't even hammered home that Larry yelled about the pubic hair in front of Cheryl's dad like it's not it's a a byproduct but we don't get to see any reaction about that the only reaction we have to imagine is just from the nativity scene and Larry fighting with Joseph and so yeah If we would have
0: seen like them getting out of the car just like a three second shot prior to them tumbling like in the hay you know we would have known that they saw like how much they saw you know
1: yeah. And, and also like Paul Dooley going pubic hair. Oh, real nice. You know, something like <laughs> just some sort of reaction
0: or, or even hair. like no, no dialogue. It's just as soon as Larry says pubic hair is out. Then yeah. he looks at Cheryl with a disgusted face. You know, that's all you need. That's all yeah. you need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But we don't get any of that. It ends It ends pretty quickly, yeah, unfortunately. Literally,
0: none of that happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got for homework this week? Uh, just what David Koechner was up to in, in 2002. Find find out about that.
0: All right. All right.
1: What do you like for cover art this week? Ooh, I feel like something with Larry and Joseph, and maybe Mary, since that's the episode, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, might be kind of good. Uh, what do you think? um i don't know. actually
0: i was thinking of maybe like one of like larry's stare downs that i hate
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uh the one with maybe the one with the waiter since that's the first one possibly i wish he did it to joseph that would be perfect but he he doesn't i don't think um yeah. All
0: right. So would what, would you say uh, just uh a, the the two shot of Larry and Joseph or the stare of Larry and the waiter? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll make I'll make one of those work. I'm sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. Please. So we had Larry proves to be an incompetent Christmas tipper and a lousy liar.
1: Okay. The the lousy liar is that's, is pretty bad. bad. It's still real bad. bad. I still hate it. I, I like the Christmas tipper one. Um I wish we could um I wish we could I wouldn't mind keeping the tip in there, but also <laughs> man, it's almost like none of these storylines really intersect at all. There's like so much going on that doesn't come full circle, which I love about my favorite episodes. Larry because I would love like, you know, Larry proves to be an incompetent Christmas tipper isn't bad. How about Larry? Larry, something just as a jumping off point, Larry tries to save, Larry tries to, what's a better word than save? Salvage. Larry tries to salvage Cheryl's family Christmas, and, I don't know, what would you put after and? Because the salvaging the Christmas doesn't even come till the second half of the episode. Oh, hmm. I have
0: no idea. Yeah, yeah I, 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 was, I was surprised at how late the, the Christmas stuff came in. I, I mean, with it being the name of the episode.
1: Yeah. Larry, because even the, even the waiter, like, what's the deal with that? You know, how does that even factor in? He just, like, has a little conversation with Dora, and it's not even the reason that she quits. I might have to go, we might have to go to, like, IMDb and see what, uh... IMDb says, On December
0: 23rd, Larry eats some cookies in the kitchen. Period. Turns out those cookies were a nativity scene that Cheryl's religious sister made. Period. <laughs> Since it's Christmas Eve, too yeah. late to get a replacement. Period. Larry finds a live nativity at a local church. That's so bad. That's so bad. Yeah, it what is. What the fuck? Why is everything its own sentence?
1: And why Why did they only focus on the only storyline that um, HBO didn't?
0: All right, let's see what's on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes has the description... Uh, Larry proves to be an incompetent Christmas tipper, semicolon. Larry tries to make amends for ruining the manger scene set up by Cheryl's family.
1: I like like make amends. I mean, I almost like salvage better. Um, Let me see. Here's one from Metacritic. Uh, Christmas causes no end of difficulty for Larry, Uh, but (sighs) country club tipping puts him in an uncomfortable situation. Dealings with his maid and gardener cause a rift, further deepened by a web of lies meant to help Jeff... And, an a- and the accidental destruction of a manger scene leaves him on the outs with Cheryl's family. I feel like that one could be salvaged. Like, uh, okay, all right. Country club tipping. Country club tipping. Lying for Jeff. And Christmas with Cheryl's family is puts Larry in an uncomfortable situation to hilarity ensues. It might be. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, re- read it again. Are you trying to do like the combination of these three? Yeah. Uh, so- something something proved to be too much for Larry or something. How about?
1: Uh, I think I think we can t- let's take out Country Club tipping because tipping his house staff also causes yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Hol- holiday tipping.
1: Yeah, holiday tipping, lying for Jeff, and Christmas with Cheryl's family, puts Larry in an uncomfortable situation.
0: I think that's totally fine. I think. Or what works. about
1: what about Larry? What about Larry? bungles or something like that larry bungles holiday tipping lying for jeff and christmas with cheryl's family there we go i don't i hate bungles but i'll keep it just in the name (laughs) of moving on
0: (laughs) i i mean i like bungles i think bungles
1: is fine it's not bad it's a little cartoony (laughs) but yeah larry bungles holiday tipping lying for jeff and christmas with cheryl's family boom
0: all right tim did you like this episode
1: i i think it's obvious that i like talking about it better than watching it it wasn't bad but it was just average which you know um it curb can be better than average we know so i'll put this you know at a solid average episode but it was better it was more fun to talk about what about you i'm i'm in the same boat
0: you know i uh I, i changed my uh my uh ending decision on the episode halfway through us talking about it and then I changed it back before getting to this. So <laughs> b- back to my original consensus on it. And it is n- not star worthy, not even star low worthy. Not,
1: not even star low worthy. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. sit with that. But but I I had a good time and it had some of my, you know, some of my favorite runners in it from the first stare down to the unison covering for the lie and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we're OK. It's It was not bad. <laughs> All right, next week,
0: we have got season three, episode 10, the grand opening, original air day, November 17th, 2002. And if you were looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season three finale, Larry figures out a way to fire a chef and alienate an important restaurant
1: critic. I like the synopsis. I like the synopsis. We might, might have a good one again. Ooh, all righty. Yeah. Are we, are we going to have a,
0: a late entry into into our star worthy episodes? I hope so.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. So. Remember. I hope so too.
0: Because I'm only at three stars. I'm only yeah. at three episodes. <laughs> I liked this entire season, and the, it, only one of them got a full star. The others are like, yeah, I guess
1: I thought I liked it. It's nice as opposed to Seinfeld that we can just go, oh, what were my top three? Oh, the only three I start. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll it's, see. It's, it's
0: nice that this show is so much worse than Seinfeld.
1: And, and so much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember much about what happens in this episode, but I am looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, wrapping up season three. I totally, uh, God. Just, I was like, wow, I can't believe it already. Um, all right. Is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Haldwell. Be good.